grace and mercy and peace belong to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Someone has written a book about him. Steven Spielberg made a movie based on his life. There has been a musical made about him, and the musical won a Tony Award. There has even been a TV series. And yet, I would wager that most, if not all of us, do not know his name. I know I, I never did. His name is Frank Abagnale. Frank Abagnale. Frank's unusual story begins when he is 16 years old. His parents divorce. He runs away from home. He finds himself in New York City trying to eke out a living, and he's quickly finding out that when you're 16 years old, whether you work in a restaurant or whatever it happens to be, you are not paid very much. And so people always told him that he looked far older than his real age, so he decided to let people know that he was actually 26 years old. And suddenly the pay started getting better. But then along the line, Frank Abagnale discovered that he had a unique knack. He had a unique knack for convincing people he was something he was not. And he kept getting away with it. It reached a point where he actually did something like this, and this is an example. He, he noticed that airline pilots got to enjoy a courtesy from other airlines to sit in a, a jump seat on a, on a plane just as a courtesy if one airline pilot needed to get somewhere else. Well, just hop in for free and get that, get that free flight. And, and in that way, they could travel around without messing with tickets. And so young Frank decided he would talk his way into procuring a, an airline pilot's uniform. And he talked his way into having produced a, an airline pilot's badge identification. And he watched enough TV and he knew how to talk the lingo just enough, and he knew how to be vague about things just enough, that he started flying all over the world in this jump seat with his airline pilot's uniform. That, plus he got to stay in very nice hotels, and the airlines would pay for them because he would be out of there before the airlines could connect all the dots. According to Frank Abagnale, he traveled and made money posing in all kinds of roles. Airline pilot, he taught at a college as a college professor. He posed as a lawyer 
and not only as a lawyer, but on the staff of a state attorney general. He even posed as a doctor of pediatrics overseeing interns. And he later said, you would think that this would be very, the most difficult of all, but he said, sadly, it was the easiest. He had the night shift, and typically what he would do is a case would come in, the interns would come in, he would ask the interns, well, what seems to be the problem? They would tell him. They'd say, well, what's your suggestion? Well, one would give a suggestion. Is that your consensus, all of you? Yes. Go ahead and do it. And he became one of the most respected doctors amongst the interns because he always empowered the interns to practice medicine. And while he did all that over a period of years, he also found ways to write bad checks to the tune of two and one-half million dollars. And he kept right on doing it because he discovered that he could keep on getting away with it. We're going to come back to Frank Abagnale in just a moment. This may be possible for some individuals with that unique, dark knack to, to pass themselves off as somebody else in front of other people, at least for a time. But this is impossible. This is impossible when it comes to our relationship with God. Which brings us to the story Jesus tells in Matthew chapter 21. Here's the setting for Jesus telling this story. This is Jesus' last full day of public preaching and teaching. His last full day. It's the Tuesday before he dies on the cross. In, in two days, he's going to be arrested. Three days, he will be crucified. No one else, of course, knows that yet. But he's in the temple courts in Jerusalem, and he is confronting religious leaders who are secure and self-righteous in their status, thinking that all is well in their relationship with God, because of who they are and what they do. And at the same time, they hold contempt for Jesus and his ministry. And so in that context, Jesus has this exchange with them. First of all, he asks, what do you think? There was a man who had two sons. He went to the first and said, son, go and work today in the vineyard. I will not, he answered. And here, according to the New Testament Greek, this, this first son is answering in a very short, a very abrupt, very rude manner to his father. I will not. But then Jesus continues, later he changed his mind and went. Then the father went to the other son and said the same thing. He answered, I will, sir. And again, according to the New Testament Greek, the second son, very polite, very gracious, very respectful sounding to his father. I will, sir. 
but he did not go. Which of the two, Jesus asks, which of the two did what his father wanted? The religious leaders answer, the first. If they had known where Jesus was going with this, perhaps they would not have said anything at all. But once they said the first, Jesus then said to them, Truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. Tax collectors and prostitutes. We have to remember that in that society, the lowest of the low, the outcasts of Jewish culture were the prostitutes and the tax collectors. Nobody wanted anything to do with them. And here Jesus is saying, they are entering the kingdom of heaven ahead of you. And then he says why. For John, referring to John the Baptist, the one who was the forerunner of Jesus to proclaim repentance, for John came to you to show you the way of righteousness, to come to repentance for your sins, and to trust in your coming Savior from sin. But you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes did. And even after you saw this, even after you saw the supernatural impact of this message upon the hearts of tax collectors and prostitutes coming to repentance and coming to faith in the coming Savior, even when you saw that, even then you did not repent and believe him. We might think that Frank Abagnale's life during this time was exciting and wonderful and glamorous. In later interviews, he said, oh no, it was not that at all. It was lonely because he was always on the move. Deep inside, he was always fearful that at any moment he was going to be found out and caught. And he was always, always on the run. Sounds a lot like what can happen to you and me at times in our relationship with God. Here is the great tragedy that can happen to you and me. I can drift as a Christian. I can begin to drift a little bit in my relationship with my Lord. And then it can seem as if I'm getting away with it because nothing dramatically bad seems to be happening. And so perhaps next time around, I think, well, I'll just drift a little bit more. Nothing dramatic happens. And so then I drift a little bit more. And in time, I can sink into a dark, deadly presumption. The dark, deadly presumption that says this, I can get away with this. I can just wear the old familiar trappings of Christianity. But beyond that, as long as I've got the trappings, 
I can keep drifting away wherever I please and whenever I please and how far I please. I can get away with this. But the divine reality is that I cannot. The divine reality is that I don't. The divine reality is that I won't. Just as Jesus called out the religious leaders for posing as people who are just fine in their relationship with God and they don't need a Savior from sin, so also the Lord Jesus, through his word, calls you and me out as well. And that is why he continues to seek you and me out. When you and I become lost, when you and I begin to drift, when you and I become wandering sheep, through his word, he calls us to repentance. He calls us to trust what he has done on our behalf, the perfect life he has lived in our place, and all of our sins that he's taken care of at Calvary's cross. He wants us to be cleansed. He wants us to be at peace. He wants us to be his. He wants us to be home. Things eventually caught up to Frank Abagnale. And he spent time in prison. In our relationship with God, you and I have someone who has set us free. And even now, is calling us home. His name is Jesus. Amen. May the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep our hearts and minds in Jesus. Amen.